0: Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, then head over to Patreon.com NerdCaveRetro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. and welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Uh, I think I forgot to say slash during the Patreon thing at the beginning. It's patreon.com/nerdcaveretro if you would like to go support us. I have to apologize. I am very loopy tonight <laughs> because uh, I'm suffering from a massive <clears throat> massive sinus infection. And um, I'm on antibiotics and Sudafed and everything that you can possibly throw into your body to make you feel better. It's the most wonderful Wonderful time time of the the year. year. So Derek, I know you're not feeling all that well either.
1: Well, so I was sick last week on the show and I really started crashing about like three fourths of the way through your review. Like as soon as we were done with the show, I like. I had a quick bite to eat and then went to bed. Mm -hmm. I was feeling better on Thursday, and then by Friday I was fine. I leave work yesterday, uh, that being Monday, and I just started getting this massive chill. Mm. I got in my car. Love that feeling. Turned turned the seat warmers on, cranked the (laughs) heat all the way up, and about five minutes later I'm still freezing. I'm like, well, shit. I'm sick again. (laughs) And sure enough, I wake up this morning and I'm like, Uh, why? (laughs) Yeah, I woke up Sunday morning,
0: uh, and I could actually feel like my um, uh, my uh, nasal cavity. I could actually feel it. (laughs) And my that's the absolute worst. Uh, my throat was sore. I couldn't talk. Uh, I've been dizzy the last few days. Like every time I stand up, I almost fall down. <clears throat> and, and you can tell my voice is like eight octaves lower than it normally is, so I actually might sound kind of sexy right now. <laughs> it's Nerd Cave After Dark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this
0: is uh, Don Cornelius, and welcome to Soul Train.
1: That was a show I pitched for years, but Zach and Robbie never went for it. <laughs>
0: we should do Nerd to- Cave After Dark. That'd be awesome.
1: A Patreon special? Yeah, yes. we we have to do that like in person where we have like, cigars and like yeah. a glass of scotch and some silk robes
0: <laughs> i'm down with that but i gotta wait till the sinus infections over with before i start start smoking cigars or i might die
1: well we'd make uh ron burgundy proud with many leather bound books <laughs> it smells of... It smells of rich mahogany <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and if you can notice behind me on the screen if you're watching us on twitch or on youtube uh i have a cat back there her name's lizzie I uh, named her after Lizzie Borden, but um, she's usually an outside cat. But the weather here has been awful the last few days, so she's uh, she's making the transition to being an inside cat cause, so she's not freezing outside. So she'll be—I I think she's pretty well knocked out right now, so I don't think she'll be bothering us.
1: <laughs> yeah, she looks how I'm going to look at about an hour and a half. Yeah,
0: same here. <laughs> but on that note, let's go ahead and move into the news for this week. This is a story from uh, Nintendolife.com. The Retro Champ is a Switch-like hybrid console that plays your original NES games on the go. Uh, The Switch Switch is is surely becoming a super useful tool for playing NES games on a modern display, even on the go in handheld form. Um, But meet the RetroChamp, a Switch-like system from My Arcade, which can play original NES and Famicom cartridges. Slightly bigger than the Switch, uh, the console includes a built-in 7-inch display for portable play with a rechargeable battery allowing up for 35 hours of playtime. It can be either used as a portable machine uh, using the included face buttons or can be plugged into a TV using its HDMI output. You can snag a couple of my arcade wireless controllers at extra cost should you want to play in this improvised docked style. Um, But you can also get a cartridge cleaning kit in the box to give your old games a much-needed cleanup. So what do you think about this? I think this is actually kind of cool.
1: I think that this is a sign that Nintendo needs to put more games out on their online shop.
0: Uh, Not only that, but I think Nintendo would... Do well to actually put out something like this, something kind of a handheld device that could you know, that could play n e s games or super n e s games,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean even the the controllers look like a a hybrid between well, it looks like an s n e s controller, but with you know a little bit of an extra handle on it. Um, it says here is an update. The battery life has now been confirmed to be three to five hours, rather than the thirty-five hours uh, okay. originally reported in the press release. Which that sounds a little more accurate, but yeah. I, uh, I think okay, this I is really that. cool. I okay. mean, if if I had a collection of NES cartridges, this would be something that you know I would debate getting. If this had like SNES or N sixty four, I'd be a little more inclined to get it.
0: Yeah, and of course I have a uh, collection of like eighty five. About 75 to 85 NES games at this point, I would love to be able to play them on the go. Especially some of the ones that I play a lot.
1: Yeah, for sure. But like I said, it's one of those things that yeah. when I read stories like this, it just makes me think Nintendo needs to stop releasing like three games a month. Oh, yeah. They it, just it's need to, ridiculous at this point. Yeah, just, just put them all out there. All of them. Yeah. Just do it all at one time. Yep. Which is sort of a segue into our next story. This comes to us from 91mobiles.com. Nintendo Switch Online code hints at upcoming N64 and GameCube retro consoles. A data mining leak has surfaced pertaining to the Nintendo Switch Online, referring to the overall improvement of the emulated classic platforms and possibly new retro consoles. The data leak spotted newly added codes and provisions which all point towards the addition of new classic games from platforms other than the Nintendo NES to Switch Online. For instance, games from the Nintendo SNES platform are also expected to be made available. However, more processing of the data appears to have revealed more interesting insight upon Nintendo's plans. According to Data Unearthed, it seemed like Nintendo may have more classic gaming consoles in plan for the future. The company had a pretty successful run with its NES Classic and SNES Classic retro gaming consoles. Uh, which had specific code names to them, now, new data suggests the presence of Hyaku and count emulators in the code which hint at the possible launch of new retro consoles soon hmm. so uh, we talked uh, a month or so ago that after the holidays, they were going to cease production of the n e s and s n e s classics and we've We've talked about the rumors of an n sixty four classic before, but what would you think of a GameCube classic? I don't honestly I don't know. I don't really
0: I don't really see the point in that because you can still go buy a GameCube for relatively cheap um at any retro game store or, you know, on ebay or whatever that are not that expensive. And and the games are relatively not that expensive. So I don't know, I kind of don't see the point in that unless you wait a few more years, like you know f- five more years or so,
1: yeah, I think, as far as the n sixty four classic goes, and I may have said this before on the show, I can't remember if I have or not. I think if they do it, they've gotta beef up the graphics just a little bit, uh, yeah, so it doesn't look so choppy and so polygony and just yeah. It, because those games did not hold up very
0: well. No, they would have to do some uprezzing of those of whatever games they put on there. And 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 another thing like we talked about before, a lot of the great games were by rare and they're not going to be able to get those games to put on the console. So they're going to have to really pick and choose what um Nintendo branded games and what games they're going to be able to put on there because if they Start to put on there a lot of rare games. That's just going to cause the, the the price of the console to go up exponentially, uh, exponentially because of the licensing fees they're going to have to pay.
1: I mean, they could do it without putting the rare games, but it would be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, well, it'd be my... a little disappointing to a
0: lot of people because they're going to want you know GoldenEye and Banjo Kazooie and games like that on there.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could, you could still throw in like Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, uh, Star Fox, Mario Kart, and a few others, and it would it'd still be okay, but yeah, I would want GoldenEye. I would want Banjo-Kazooie. I would want, heck, even like Perfect Dark, even though that yeah. wouldn't be a very likely game to be on it. But Rare to me was, and I've said this many times, but Rare is almost synonymous with Nintendo during the SNES and especially the N64 era of that company.
0: And Lucas Games, too. LucasArts, you know, with um, like Rogue Squadron and, um, you know, um, Shadows uh, of the Empire. Empire. Like all those games would have to be on there, too. Because when I think of the Nintendo 64, those are the first games that pop in my head. Like those were really important games for that console.
1: For sure. Ah, uh, to touch on the GameCube, the GameCube came out in 2001, mm-hmm. so it's not even 20 years old yet. No, like so I, said, I I think it's too soon.
0: <clears throat> you can go like right now. I could go to my local retro game shop, buy a GameCube, and you know a handful of really good games for a hundred bucks, and be happy. And yeah. it, it wor- still works well. I mean, they're built. Those things were built to last. I mean, you really just have to. Make sure when you buy your games that they're not scratched up because they are disc based, but they're the mini discs, so <clears throat> they're more likely to be in good shape than the big, D, uh, you know, DVD sized games.
1: Yeah, I, I think they should just focus on their Switch online shop, yeah, and not worry about the classic consoles. Exactly. I mean, it's an N sixty four one in theory is cool, but. I, I'm i happy with just having the NES and the SNES Classics. Yeah. Uh,
0: but on the next story, it's kind of along the same lines. Uh, the Nintendo Switch Online data mine hints at SNES games, and this is from Polygon.com. Uh, members may have more than just classic NES games to look forward to as part of their subscription. One Nintendo fan looked at the source files for the NES game collection and says they found code for a variety of SNES games, including Super Mario Kart, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and Super Mario World. Um, they dug into NES online files this weekend and posted a long list of references to SNES game. Um, and this, you know, there's a lot of games on here, like Super Mario Kart, Legend of Zelda, Demon's Crest, Yoshi's Island, uh Star Fox, Contra 3. Super Goals and Ghosts, Kirby's Dreamland 3, Super Metroid, F Zero, Pilot Wings, you know, Legend of the Mystical Ninjas, Super Punch Out, a lot of games on this list. So really doesn't surprise me at all that we're going to be start getting Super Nintendo games pretty soon on the Switch.
1: It's the next logical step, and games like Link to the Past, Mario World, Yoshi's Island, Mario Kart. I mean, yeah, they're games that they've released before multiple times, but yeah. They're they're a solid starting lineup. And oh, I yeah. think even throwing in like Mario All-Stars and Legend of the Mystical Ninja I think would be really cool. And
0: oh my gosh, if you have a Switch and you have not gotten a Pro controller yet, oh, what are you waiting for? <laughs> that is the It makes best, a difference, doesn't it? That is the best purchase I've made in this since I bought the Nintendo Switch in late 2017. Like, I don't know how I survived to this point
1: without a Pro controller. It's a it's a little pricey, but it makes a world oh, of difference. So good! I'm so, so glad I bought that. Especially when you're playing games like Smash Brothers and Mario mm-hmm. Kart, makes it so much better.
0: And it's so much like a uh, an Xbox controller. Like I love it.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's great. And I know but Wally.
0: Yeah. And, and I was telling Derek this before uh, we started the show. I know that our our. our um, Fact checker Mr. Wally Phelps is going to get angry because we have a news item coming up next that is not retro gaming, but it is Metroid based. So I figured it fit in well with Metroid month. So Wally, you're just going to have to live with it.
1: (laughs) I was going to say in the most important piece of retro gaming news, (laughs) emphasis on the retro. Yes. For the entire week, you can (laughs) pre-order Metroid Prime 4 for the Nintendo Switch with a discount. This comes to us from comicbook.com. You might be wondering why you'd want to pre-order Metroid Prime 4 for the Switch without a release date or an official reveal. There are two reasons. First, you can pre-order it with a 6% discount uh, for $55, and you don't have to pay for it until the game is shipped, (laughs) which I think is kind of cool. The second reason is that a recent leak may have pegged the release date for November 29th, 2019. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Even if that date turns out to be incorrect, the game was first announced over a year and a half ago, and it's likely that we'll get an official look at it sometime in the near future. I, I think with the Nintendo Direct they do to tie in with E3, that's gotta be a big thing for them. Like, it it has to be. Well, I
0: would imagine that uh, Metroid is going to be the big uh, game for uh, the Christmas season this year. Um, I don't see anything else that it would be as far as you know Nintendo properties. Um, you know they're not going to come out with another uh, Mario game just yet. They're they're not going to come out with another Zelda game just yet. They just released uh, Smash Brothers this year. Metroid is going to be the big game this year. I guarantee it.
1: It has to be. Absolutely. It'd be cool it has if to be. it it'd be cool if they brought out another Star Fox but I don't think it's going to be promoted as big as Metroid.
0: Yeah, and the only other property I could actually see them coming out with that they haven't announced anything for yet is maybe another F-Zero possibly for this system.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all.
1: I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Nintendo does this year because... They've all they've already released Mario, Zelda, and they just put out Smash Brothers. So I think Metroid, Star Fox, like you said maybe F0. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool if they released another Pikmin game because I love those games for the the GameCube. Yeah, back in the that day. Or, so
0: um uh what's the name of the uh the game? Uh oh, crap, with the farming and all that stuff. Uh Harvest Moon? Har- not Harvest Moon. Um, Is it Harvest? Not Harvest Moon. What's the big game that everybody loves that was on uh, the Wii? Damn it, I can't think of it.
1: Oh, jeez. Or
0: was it on the Wii? No, I can't think of it. Why am I drawing a blank right now? <laughs> uh, with all the... It's a huge Nintendo property that everybody's been wanting, and now I can't remember the name of it.
1: And it was a farming game?
0: I think it not it was Animal Crossing. That's what I was thinking of. Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Maybe be an Animal Crossing game this year.
1: Yeah. That, that could, could happen. That's too. a possibility. Yeah. I don't we know. Shall I, guess see.
0: We'll, I guess we'll find out this summer when yeah. they start announcing things. But um we but let's will. go ahead and move into this month in video game history. Uh, In January of 1986, the Commodore releases Mindwalker for the Amiga. It keeps running unmodified on all versions of the Amiga hardware and OS.
1: This looks very Tron-like. Yes, it does. Like a lot of games from that era.
0: That's one thing you could say about the Amiga. It had some great-looking games for it. Mm -hmm. It was way ahead of its time.
1: Yeah, I've I've never heard of this game, but it it looks like it looks like something that would have been quite popular in that era. Yeah,
0: I still got to watch that uh documentary about the Amiga. It's on Amazon Prime and I keep saying I'm going to watch it, but I keep forgetting.
1: Yeah. On January 14th, 1987, Nintendo releases Zelda 2: The Adventure of Link for the Famicom Disk System in Japan only the game would go unreleased in America for nearly two years afterwards.
0: And should have been unreleased to this day. (laughs) I was about to say, there are a lot of great Zelda games. This is not one of them. I just cannot bring myself to like that game
1: at all. I just... I think a lot of it had to do, and I think eventually we should do like a co-review of this game, just because I feel like we need to at some point, but...
0: Well, I remember saying I was going to do a review of this game like, what, a year, year and a half ago? And I started Something playing like it, and I thought maybe with age that I would have a deeper appreciation for it. I still hate it as much now as I did as a kid. <laughs> I can't help it, I do.
1: It's just so different from the first one that it was just kind of doomed to fail.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that really like it, but... There's just not, I I, I don't like this, the drastic change that it made from the top down view to you still had the overworld top down, but then you moved to the side scrolling 2D uh, platformer aspect of it. And it just didn't work for me. I just, I don't like that at all.
1: It just feels completely different than any other Zelda game. Yeah. And it's not a good thing.
0: No. In uh, January of 1990, A Boy and His Blob, Trouble in Blobolonia, uh, is a 1989 video game developed by Imagineering for the Nintendo Entertainment System. The video game was published by Absolute Entertainment in North America and Europe and by Jalico in Japan. Did you ever play A Boy and His Blob?
1: I did not. I've actually never heard of it.
0: I rented it one time when I was a kid. I, I remember this game coming out. And uh, it looked interesting, but it's such an odd game. I couldn't get into it as a kid. You have to, you get the, you're a boy. You got this blob, and you feed the blob different pieces of candy to turn him into different shapes and things to help you like solve puzzles and things like that. It sounds like a good concept, but and just it it wasn't executed very well.
1: The artwork makes me think of a comic book.
0: Yeah. Well, the guy that uh, actually developed the game had this whole idea of he was going to release the game, and he had a a comic book in mind that he was going to release at the same time, and a cartoon, and it just kind of never really took off.
1: (laughs) I think he was thinking too big picture. Probably. Let's see. Also in January of 1990, Double Dragon 2 The Revenge a side-scrolling beat-em-up game produced by Technos Japan, originally released as a coin-operated arcade game in 1988. It is the first sequel to Double Dragon released during the previous year.
0: I like Double Dragon 2. I think it's actually better than the first game. I I still love the first game, but uh, I think Double Dragon 2 was a much better, um, much improvement over the first game.
1: I still need to play Double Dragon. You do. I can't believe you've never played it. No. No, it's it's on my list. I Eventually, I'll get to it.
0: When I was a kid, that was the game to have, was Double Dragon. Everybody had a copy of Double Dragon.
1: Well, I mean, after the wizard kicked ass on it, yeah. everybody had to have it.
0: <laughs> uh, January uh, 1st of 1995, Battle Arena Toshinden was released by Tamsoft slash SCEA. Uh, it was one of the first fully three D fighting games. I remember. It's crazy to think the PlayStation was around in ninety five. Uh, the, well, the PlayStation came out in ninety four, I believe.
1: That I was, know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. I always think that console came out in like ninety six or ninety seven.
0: No, I was in eleventh grade when the PlayStation was released.
1: Wow, <laughs> that's, that's old, wild. I'm
0: an old man now.
1: I'm not that far behind you <laughs> and to close us out on january 13th 1995 bust a move is released for the super nintendo entertainment system oh
0: my god i love bust a move so much i the
1: game or the song
0: both <laughs> <laughs> no uh bust a move actually has the characters from bubble bobble if you've ever played mm-hmm. that um but it's um, it's kind of hard to describe. It's kind of more of a uh, how would you describe? It? Have you ever played Bust a Move?
1: Um, I've played. I don't know if it was straight up called Bust a Move, but back at my old dentist office, there was an arcade machine that had <sighs> Burger Time and Bust a Move or Bubble Bobble. Yeah, we used so to I, have, uh, I know what type
0: of game it is. The restaurant I used to work at used to have a bubble um bust a move machine, and man, I put a lot of quarters into that game.
1: Yeah. It's fun. It's one of those that it's a it's an easy time killer. Like you yeah. can easily spend like 30 minutes to an hour playing this game.
0: It's just sort of like a a puzzle game uh, along the lines of like peggle. Or or stuff like that. It's very much like a uh, PopCap game and very addictive. So if you ever get a chance to play Bust a Move, it's actually on the Super Nintendo uh, Classic. So if you have one and you've never played Bust a Move, you're missing out.
1: And I'm sure the song's on Spotify. You can check that out, too. I I actually
0: wanted to play the song, but I'm like, no, we'll get striked (laughs) on YouTube for that. (laughs) Yeah, probably. If you want it.
1: You got it. it.
0: (laughs) Uh, But tonight, Derek is going to be talking about...
1: Yes. Yeah. This week, we will be continuing Metroid Month with my review of Metroid 2 Return of Samus, which is an action adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy. The first Metroid game for a handheld console, it was released in North America in November of 1991 and in Japan and Europe in 1992. The story follows bounty hunter Samus Aran on her mission to exterminate the Metroid creatures from their home planet before the space pirates can obtain them. Players must find and destroy the Metroids to progress through the planet's tunnels. So, I briefly played this game as a kid for the Game Boy back in the day. I had never played the original Metroid for NES. My first introduction to this franchise was Super Metroid. And then I found out well there was a Game Boy version so you know I've talked about my my love of the Game Boy back when I was a kid so and It's crazy it how game the,
0: I, the Game Boy graphics look more like the Super Nintendo version of
1: Metroid I know and that was the crazy thing going back and playing you know through this game was I was like this game looks really good mm-hmm. for a Game Boy game cuz you go back and play like Super Mario Land it looks worse than an NES game. Yeah. <laughs> but you play this and I was like, "Holy crap, like it, the details are like with you know, the planet's atmosphere and the the ground and the walls and everything. Very good-looking Game Boy game." So that that was what kind of surprised me the most going back and playing this. I think you know, going back and playing through this, it's very much like the original Metroid and that you know there is a central purpose but there it, it's different enough where it's not exactly the same game it takes place on a different planet there aren't really any boss battles aside from when you fight the queen metroid at the end there is one boss whose name i had it pulled up a second ago uh called Arachnus. but it's also an optional thing like you don't have to fight him
0: That's weird. at some
1: point you um So you know how you collect the little item spheres in the statue's hands, and like you collect the Morph Ball and various things like that? Well, he's basically disguised as one of those. Oh, okay. So if you know where he is, you can avoid him. Uh, Like you said last week with Metroid 1, if you play Metroid 2, like the original Game Boy game, because there is a remake that I'll touch on in a second, find a walkthrough and find a map, because you will get lost... Very, very easily.
0: I'm going to go back and play Super Metroid, and I'm going to hopefully try to uh, stream it this week. And when I play, I'm definitely using a walkthrough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So something that I think is very underrated about this game, because gameplay-wise, it's what you would expect from a Metroid game. It's very similar to the original and even similar to Super Metroid. But I think something that's very key here is the story of this game because it leads into Super Metroid, which widely regarded as possibly the best game in this entire franchise. <laughs> so sometime after the original Metroid game, the, um, the Galactic Federation decides that the best thing to do with the Metroids is just wipe them out completely. So they send these different groups to the Metroid's home planet, which is called SR-388, to just wipe them out, as Palpatine would say. All of them. All of them. But the problem is, all of the teams keep disappearing, like they don't come back. So who do they call on? Good old reliable Samus. Mm -hmm. So you have to explore the planet, and I think there's... Including the final boss, there's forty Metroids and there are different evolutions and stages of Metroids too. Like you have the originals, but you also have what are called like the Alpha Metroids, the Omega Metroids, uh, Zeta Gamma. So you're not just fighting the plain looking Metroids throughout this planet. And the planet's one giant area instead of being like different sub areas like it was in the original game. Um, but the gameplay wise, like I said, it's what you would expect. Um, it does introduce some cool um, power ups, like it introduces the plasma beam, um, the spider ball, which <clears throat> when you're in morph ball mode, you can attach yourself to the wall and basically control yourself and maneuver. Oh, that would be along the so much better
0: in the first game <laughs> to be right? able to do that.
1: It also introduces the space jump which uh, I, I always call it the screw attack, mm-hmm. but it's basically you do flips in the air and you can keep floating and floating and floating. I'm sure the YouTube viewers are enjoying my hand motions to describe this, but... <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot that I can really say about it other than to add on with what you said last week is I, I think it's a very good follow-up to the original game. The There was a remake, and I completely forgot about this, until um, I started playing the original one, but uh, it was made for the 3 ds back in two thousand seventeen uh, called Metroid Samus Returns, which wow. includes updated graphics um, something that's great is that you don't when you collect like the ice beam and the plasma beam, you don't have to go back and find them again if you want to switch yeah. Everything's controlled with, you know, the second screen and everything. So and there are a couple of new power-ups as well. But the remakes from what I've played of it so far is is very good. Oh, wow.
0: This is why I remember I see, I've see. i seen gameplay of Metroid 2. And I not- and I noticed then how good the, uh, the graphics were. And I remember seeing this in color at some point. And it says here, mm-hmm. The Game Boy's black and white graphics resulted in changes to Samus's gear. That eventually became permanent. In the original Metroid, color was used to differentiate between Samus's power suit and her Varia suit, an upgraded version. However, without color on the Game Boy, the two suits would have appeared similar, requiring the developers to develop a visual indicator for players to determine which suit Samus was wearing. They also updated her Varia suit, adding round metal shoulders that have been part of the suit in every game in the series since then. Nintendo R&D 1 was also involved in developing the Game Boy Color, a successor to the original Game Boy. Nintendo of America's Dan Osen noted that the Nintendo R&D 1 included a special Metroid palette in the Game Boy's Color hardware, which made Metroid 2 look really, really nice on the Game Boy Color, remarking that this made the game's graphics comparable to the original Metroid on the NES.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a. I found a gameplay video on YouTube. Someone played through it on the Game Boy Color. It looks really good.
0: Yeah, this is a really good looking game. I mean, to be originally on the original Game Boy, which was pretty limited as far as as what it could do graphically, but to have that kind of foresight to be able to, you know, be able to put it on the Game Boy Color and have. An already a, a Metroid palette built into it to when you played the game, it would just up-res it, basically.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, as far as the reception of the game goes, it, it got, for the most part, good reviews, even though one I thought was interesting was from 1up.com. Uh, let's see, let me if I can find it here. Um, Jeremy Parrish of 1up.com was particularly critical of Metroid Two finding the game painful to play and describing it as something of a dark spot on a brilliant series' reputation. However, he found the game's premise ambitious, adding that it provided the series a vital crux as Samus' actions in Metroid 2 set the plot for Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion. Game trailers similarly commented that it told one of the most pivotal chapters in the series' overall plot. So, I don't think this is much of a spoiler because the game's been out since 91, but you fight the Queen Metroid at the end of the game. Once you kill her, and you're trying to get off the planet, you find this egg that hatches to become a baby Metroid, which is the last living Metroid in the galaxy. When this thing hatches, the first thing that it sees is Samus. So it thinks that Samus is its mother. (laughs) So it follows Samus as you escape the planet. And then, you know, you get to your ship and you leave. Game ends. So it's... It's a very quiet ending in a way, but it does provide a very pivotal point in the entire franchise. And, and it is right, it does continue on to Metroid Fusion as well.
0: Well, It says longtime Metroid director Yoshio Sakamoto remarked at the 2010 Game Developers Conference that he was very moved by the ending in Metroid 2, which influenced him on creating Super Metroid.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah and I I was glad that I went back and and played this and it's funny because I even downloaded the um the remake on my 3DS and I've been playing through it as well. It's crazy to think how handheld graphics have come oh, since yeah. the days of the Game Boy. It's absolutely crazy. Um other other platforms gave it actually very good reviews. I mean Game Rankings gave it a 79. IGN gave it a 9 out of 10, Nintendo Life 7 out of 10, Entertainment Weekly gave it an A+, plus, <laughs> which is pretty crazy for a video game, because then, then you think of like Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past territory for yeah. games as far as, review, as reviews go. But yeah, like I said, there's not really a lot that I can say about this game other than it's a Metroid game. It plays very similar to your other 2D games. Uh, it holds up very well, graphics-wise and gameplay-wise, and it's different enough from Metroid One, where it's not a complete rehash. Because a lot of the handheld games, like for example the Donkey Kong Land games for um, for Game Boy, are basically the same as Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, but this is different enough because. You're not fighting bosses like you don't fight Ridley or Kraid. Uh, you're in one central area. That's it, actually pretty large for a Game Boy game. And the objective is is slightly different. So well, It provides I'm, enough of a different experience where it's not a complete rehash of the original game.
0: I'm really interested in playing this. Uh, this is the one game that makes me want to get a uh, Super Game Boy for the Super Nintendo, so I can play this game in particular.
1: I think you'd like it. I know how much you love the original Metroid game, so... I'm, it's really, a, I'm really
0: excited to get started on Super Metroid again, too.
1: Oh, uh, heck, I might go through and play through a little bit of it it's as well. It's so good. It holds up yeah. like crazy. Top five Super Nintendo game. Easily. Yeah. But that that will be one that we get into more detail next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say my one compliment or my one knock on this game is the music. The music's not very good. Hmm. Uh,
0: I don't... It didn't say anything about... uh, Let's see. Composer... Was it the same composer? Uh, Ryoji Yoshitomi. I don't think that's the same guy that did... Um first Metroid game let me see
1: well because you think of like Metroid 1 and the other games that have all these good themes and whatnot to them but Metroid 2 just doesn't have that like but I also say that has a lot to do with the Game Boy itself a lot of the sound from the original Game Boy is not very good from some of the games so it's not a complete knock on it but it's also not a very good soundtrack. There's really not much of a soundtrack to it in general.
0: Why? Am I, why can I not pull up Metroid like I uh, did last week? Here, ah, here we go. Uh, let's see, composer. No, the original composer for Metroid was Hirokazu Tanaka, and he did not do Metroid Two.
1: Yeah. So. Overall, scale of one to ten, I would give this game I'd probably give it a solid eight. It, it it's a very good looking Game Boy game. Uh if you collect handheld games, it to me is a must up there with Link's Awakening and all of the Mario Land games. Yeah. It's it's very good.
0: I mean it's, it's a really good, good looking game. It's crazy how how nice this game looks after all these years, especially to be a Game Boy game.
1: And that was one of the biggest shocks to me because other than briefly playing it when I was a kid, I haven't touched or looked at anything Metroid 2 related. So that was a very nice surprise.
0: Cool. Um, Well, this definitely looks like it's worth checking out then.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Metroid 2, Return of Samus. Like I said, it's, it's not a very long review, but it's also very similar to Metroid 1, so sure. a lot of it would just be repeating what you said last week.
0: I am really excited <clears throat> to get to Super Metroid for next week, because I played it, I didn't <coughs> finish it, I started playing it earlier last year, and uh, didn't get too far into it, but I was surprised at how well it held up and how good it looked and how good it played. So I'm really excited to really dive into it this week uh, to get ready for next week's review.
1: And hopefully neither of us will be sick by then. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. Hopefully I'll be able to uh, talk and think straight and uh, <laughs> yeah, be able to you know not feel like I'm going to fall over and pass out any
1: moment. We need to think of other franchises that we could dedicate like months to, because hmm. I'm, I'm really liking Metroid Month.
0: Well, I mean, uh, let's see, I've already done Ninja Gaiden. We could always do the Ninja Gaiden games, or uh, I could always go back and re-review Ninja Gaiden. Uh, of course, we got Legend of Zelda. Um, oh, Metal Gear. We could do uh, Metal Gear Month. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else is there?
1: What do what do the listeners think?
0: Listen, yeah. What,
1: what what series would you guys like us to review?
0: Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and let us know what you would like us to do a dedicated month to. Ooh,
1: I just thought of a good one. Even though like we've already reviewed some of the games. Ninja Turtles Month.
0: Oh, that's that's a must. We have to do that.
1: Yeah. Even if some of them are just, you know, us doing a co review. Ooh, we could do, I think it would uh, be
0: great. We could do Mega Man May.
1: <laughs> Force me to actually play some Mega yes. Man. Yes,
0: <laughs> I'm down with that. I mean, I've only reviewed Mega Man 2 so far. We only have like, what, 10 more to, to go yeah. through. Well, I, I reviewed Mega Man X a few yeah. months ago. So, but... Well, we've got all the Mega Man X games and all the regular Mega Man games. So we got quite a few we could do for that month.
1: Maybe we should just make 2020 Mega Man yeah, year.
0: We could do Mega Man summer and just do it all summer long. Yeah. The Mega Man cast.
1: A Mega Summer.
0: Mega Summer. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Is there anything uh, you want to throw out there before we leave tonight?
1: Yeah, just uh, be sure to check out my other show, The Derek Diamond Experience. Officially launched the new format last week, so... Got a uh, a fun chat with uh, not one but two filmmakers this week. One is a writer-director and the other is a producer talking about their, uh, their horror-themed short film called The Whistler that is currently making uh, the film festival circuit. Nice. So be sure to check that out this upcoming Thursday. And you can follow the show on social media. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast.
0: Fantastic! And if uh, if I'm not feeling like death in the next few days, I'm going to start streaming playing Super Metroid. So keep an eye out on my Twitter at J and follow me over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash J and give me a follow over there. And uh, I think that's going to bring us to the end of the show. So let me go ahead and uh, play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter uh, at nerdcaveretro and individually at Fantastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro and we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And please, wherever you listen to the show, if they give you the option to leave us a review, please do so. Just take a couple seconds out of your day and let everybody know what you think about the show. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about.
1: Bust a move. Yes.
0: You want it. You You got got it.
1: it. (laughs) Master Blaster runs by town.